Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast. It's all about cricket today as we look ahead to a blockbuster summer at home and abroad. I'm Tony Kerr and alongside me is Guernsey Press Sports Editor Gareth Deprevo. Hi Tony. Uh, great to see you Gareth. The island's men's squad have just got back from Spain where they played their first international cricket since 2020. Build up to the return of interinsular competition this month and a long-awaited World Cup qualifier in Finland later in the summer. We've also seen the start of the domestic season in the last couple of weeks with the serious club stuff just around the corner and it's a big summer for the island's women too they've already got one eye on their series against jersey and bringing on the next generation coming up we'll hear from guernsey cricket's new women's and girls development officer hannah eulenkamp we'll also catch up with former island men's coach nick pothers who's back guiding the greens this summer Um, but first joining us outside the kg5 in the glorious sunshine is guernsey cricket development manager and island batter ben fairbrush hi tony and guernsey men's captain josh butler hi tony Uh, great to see you both guys um fresh from what looked like a really positive weekend in Spain. You faced Norway and the hosts across four games, winning two, uh, one against each of them. Josh, let me come to you first. Uh, just how good was it to finally pull on that Guernsey shirt again? Yeah, it was good. It was it was a good trip. I think, obviously, it was hard not knowing where we were after two years away. Um, but no, it was a really positive trip. We wanted to learn from it, and I think we did that. Obviously, we lost both first games against each nation but to come back and win strong in the second games was really pleasing yeah was that a really satisfying aspect Ben the fact that you managed to get revenge on both uh, both sides yeah I mean it always shows that we we are quick learners um, we, we turned our, our wrongs to rights um, pretty quickly so in those sorts of tournaments you don't have much time to reflect uh, it's very much a reaction straight away and we, yeah, exactly. I mean, you just said then, and you, you said it before you went as well. You weren't sure where you guys were, obviously, after a couple of years away. Where are you? Have you found out yet? Probably not, no. <laughs> um, it's always tough, you know, not knowing what nations are going to bring. Um, whereas us, we, we rock up to tournaments pretty much with similar squads each year, year on year. Uh, other nations seem to chop and change a bit more. Um, I think a fair reflection on probably how we played was probably three and one. I think. You know, we dominated that first game for the first 16 overs and then a bloke had a day out and we know that's T20 cricket and we know one bloke can win it for the, for the team. Um, but yeah, I, I felt a little bit hard done by, if you like. Um, but no, I, we're in a good place. Obviously, we'll have a few changes for the Jersey games this month then on to Finland as well. So um, yeah, slightly different squads probably uh, for those uh, tournaments and matches. But um, no, very positive for us. Um, in terms of, sort of like the pandemic, Guernsey did quite well in keeping their domestic cricket going, guys. But um, it was almost it was quite noticeable watching the streaming of the of the tournament that um, it's so nice to be f- facing fresh faces. But I mean, how much did that pose a, a challenge for you, sort of, to go from two years of basically f- knowing everyone you're playing to then suddenly, oh, we're back to playing people we have no idea what they're about to deliver, and um, to actually adapt to that? I mean, how did you find that going? Yeah, it was tough. I think. Um one thing we spoke about after the week was actually trying to learn quickly, like Ben said. Um, you know, over here you face bowlers week in, week out. You know what they're going to bowl over there. And especially in tournaments, we don't have time to, you know, face them for a week before we play a crunch match. You know, we've got to go straight into it. So we've spoken a little bit about that. Um, but like Ben said, we're, we're quick learners. We just need to make uh, improvements there as well to become even quicker. And I know there's been some you know, logistical challenges, to say the least, over the last year or two, you know, just in terms of trying to sort of get back to proper international action. I mean, Ben, how crucial was it ahead of those games against Jersey and, and the qualifier later in the summer just to get some matches on the, on the card? 
Yeah, no, definitely. Um, we, we obviously were in Hampshire a couple of weekends before that as well, just to get away as a squad, something we haven't been able to do for the last two years. Um, it, sort of playing in these tournaments, you learn a lot about not only yourself, but coaches learn a lot about all the players as well. Um, in T20 cricket, like Josh said, you have to react really quickly. You can't just sit on one bowler for sort of four overs because then that's, that's his spell done and, and you know, you're behind the eight ball straight away, um, which is what we've done really well in those reflection games. Uh, so, yeah, the second games that we played against them, you know, we, we learnt quickly. We realised against Spain in the second one, Joshy got us off to a flyer. Um, we took, when there's pace on the ball, it, it was easier to score. So we actually learnt that throughout the week. It's just learning a way of trying now to, ref, you know, in our first game, sum up the conditions really early on, uh, which is often difficult. You, you don't know, we're, we're playing on mats in Finland. You don't know what the mats going to be like. Uh, I know some of them have been relayed when the tournament was meant to be two years ago, but they could be anything. I mean, our mats are different from ground to ground. So, you know, it's going to be the same in Finland. We'd have to react pretty quickly on the deck. As Josh mentioned before, in that first match, I mean, we, we did play well for sort of 16 overs. So, as is typical with T20, one guy can come in, tee off, and he takes a game away from you so quickly. I mean, when you're captaining against that, Josh, how how can you sort of react to that? I mean, especially that late on in the innings when some of your bowlers might be bowled out and what have you. I mean, is that a case where you'd like more options available to you? Potentially, I think... Um Maybe maybe being too, away for two years probably slowed my brain a bit. You know, maybe we should have tried something a bit earlier. Um, I think with our attack, we've got great skill. One thing we don't have is pace. So when a bloke walks out in a cap, you know, if you had a paceman, you'd, you'd put one up his nose. So that's one thing we don't have. I, th- I think we probably should have reacted a little bit differently. Myself, uh, obviously, included in that as captain. Um, sometimes It was such clean hitting. We were all a bit amazed by it, really. Sometimes you do have to just, you know nod and say well played um, but again going back to the second game against Norway as soon as he came out we, we got on top of him early and uh, our plan worked and he was gone for about 10 so that was a positive and certainly but sort of in terms of that first game I, I, we were to be fair pretty rusty having not played much but I think it showed the value in boundaries in T20 as well because I mean that guy himself scored sort of I think six fours and five six or something like that as a team we only scored two boundaries in our innings I mean Obviously, like I say, we, we hadn't played much and it, that got better as the weekend went on. But obviously, we need to be clearing the ropes quite often in these tournaments, don't we? Yeah, probably. I think it was it was a strange one, really, because the, the pass score was about 120. It was a big ground, strong frostwind on the first day. So I, I think, I mean, yeah, for us, two boundaries isn't enough, obviously. Um, but again, it's about assessing conditions and realising if we are chasing, you know, 120, 130... Yes, boundaries help, but I think minimising dot balls is even more important. And I think in that first game, we never looked at chasing one three seven or whatever it was. Um, and a lot of that was just down to being proactive, being confident and, you know, not fearing getting out. Um, and I don't think we did ourselves justice in that run chase. But again, the second game we played in Norway, we were chasing 120. So, you know, a similar score. It was only 17 short of the first game, but we totally dominated that chase. Um, which, yeah, again, is a positive for us. Uh, again, probably should have learned a bit quicker in the first game. Um, that's where it goes. I think if you take out that what Josh said there, if you take out that guy's innings, they only scored three boundaries as well. So the game was very similar at the halfway stage. I'm pretty sure we were neck and neck. They just had this guy that came out and, and did that. I mean, he scored 20 runs in the next three games. That sort of summed up <laughs> yeah. how unlucky we probably were. That, that's, that's the nature of that form <laughs> yeah. of cricket, isn't it? Yeah. As a coach, though, Ben, I mean, obviously you sort of teach people to bat properly. And we've got, when you look at the Guernsey lineup, we've got really quality batsmen. Sometimes you just want someone who can come in and put their foot down on the track and have a wipe. <laughs> really. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's not probably something we've got 
in our squad. Certainly on that trip, uh, Tommy Nightingale was probably the only guy that, that can clear the ropes, but he's not the sort of guy that's going to come in from ball one and, and park it out the stadium. Um, what One thing to say is on those wickets, it was incredibly hard to actually dominate attacks. Um, I didn't face much seam. I faced quite a lot of the, the spin, but the seam is actually seemed to come onto the bat but they still never sort of came onto the bat if that made sense it wasn't really like the wickets the KG5 here is usually pretty flat and hard uh, and you could always sort of feel like you're in here whereas there you never really felt like you're in and you almost felt like at any stage you could get out without even trying <laughs> so you know you could just prod forward to ones and it could stick in the wicket and you'd be caught and bowled or whatever um, I think that added to that is we haven't played much cricket on grass uh, this season so far just because it's very early season so it was not only learning one wicket condition but also learning that we're on grass you know which is completely different to playing on a mat a mat you can pretty much put your foot down and just hit through the line of the ball which which you can't do um to me i still think we should be playing proper cricket shots but <laughs> i should keep my job in, in safe. <laughs> well you had an hour with me last summer and it you know, paid dividends so. um We'll touch on the domestic stuff in a bit, but in terms of the build-up to the games against Jersey in, what, like two and a bit weeks, Evening League One starts that week as well. So how important was it to just actually have, you know, three, four days together, um, you know, off the back of what you did at the Aegeus Bowl to actually kind of, I suppose, get to know each other as, you know, in that match environment again? Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, getting away as a group's vitally important. Um, You get together, you haven't got your any off-island distractions, you know, you we're quite fortunate not many I don't think anyone in the squad's actually got any kids so you know we, we, we can get away quite easily but there's still distractions at home there's work there's everything else so with that if you take those out then you actually have a proper team ethos you know everyone's eating dinner together something as simple as that you actually just chat and you get to know people there's, there were some new people in the squad Ben Venzel came along uh, we haven't seen Ollie Nightingale for a couple of years he's living in Jersey now so players like that that we haven't seen and haven't been able to have a great connection with you don't see them much outside of cricket actually learn a bit about them which which is vitally important yeah agreed I, I think the word for us that I use is unique you know speaking to some of the Spain players you know they're they don't even know the bloke's girlfriend's name or what they do for a living or anything like that so you know we always say we're good mates and we all get on which is great um and it's about putting that in, using it to our advantage, which I think we did in uh, in Spain. You look at you look at the from an outside perspective. You looked at the teams. Um, quite often in between games, the other nations were pretty few and far between. We quite often all sat together, like Ben said. We all eat dinner together. You could put us in any order around the dinner table, and we all get on. So that was a positive for us. Uh, yeah, obviously it's been a couple of years since you faced uh, anyone other than the Isle of Man. Um, Spain and Norway pretty close to us in the rankings do you get any sense of whether the kind of teams around that level around our level in the rankings have got better worse stayed the same over the last few years definitely since I first started playing for the senior team you know playing against teams such as Norway who have probably improved quite a lot over the past couple of years none of these teams have poor players anymore you know they've got batters they've got bowlers you know their fielding is sometimes not maybe as good but um they're all very skilled teams. I think maybe four or five years ago, and Ben could probably go back a bit further than me because he's a bit older. Um, they, they they might have had a good opening bowler and then sort of try to fill around that. I think now all these teams have got pretty much all bases covered, um, as do we. Um, but I think that's the big difference there from what I first experienced. Yeah, I think Josh, you touched on it earlier, just a bit about, you know, they can sort of attract players, if you like, 
Um, let's be careful how I word it, but you know, there's a few Aussies playing for Spain. A guy flew in, he'd, he'd just been cleaning up in Australia uh, in grade cricket, which is the highest level they can play at amateur level, and batted three for Spain. We don't have that, and we can't have that. Um, we just got to control the controllables and you know, work with what we've got. Um, other nations are able to give out passports, which again, we've got sort of like a three year qualifying period. They could have a great ancestor from three, four generations ago and, and then they qualify for Spain, which is the difficulty. Um, I think these sorts of sides are, are obviously sinking quite a bit of money into it as well, um, which with that, you know, I, I, sometimes I feel like we punch above our weight for being so small. Um, one thing I would say is, like Josh said, with the fielding side of it, I think all these nations have improved fitness and fielding, whereas when we first started playing World Cricket Leagues, you know, 15 years ago when I started playing, um, these teams were, were particularly weak. You know, you had one or two good batters. I remember playing against Bahrain, for example. They had, they're six and seven with their best batters, and they just put the first five in to see if they could get off to a start. If they didn't, then they just relied on six and seven. Uh, whereas now, they, they bat all the way down to sort of 10, 11. You know, looking at Norway's opening bowler, still looked like he could bat, and he batted at 10 on the last day. So you, you see stuff like that, which is quite difficult to gauge where you're at. I think, again, it just goes back to learning pretty quickly. Um, I probably watch the game slightly differently now as, as a coach. You know, I was trying to pick up things on technique, get that back to the bowler. So if a bloke doesn't pick the bat up, well, actually, we can afford to, to go a bit fuller at him because he's not going to be able to hit us over the top. Whereas if someone's got a high back lift, actually, he could probably clear us. So it's, it's little things like that which we're probably getting better at and uh, players are starting to do that as well. Um, so again, it's just working with the, the players we've got and just making them better, really. Well, let's get the coach's report, shall we? Um, Nick Pothas is back helping Guernsey's men this summer and he joins us now. Um, Skeg, if you had to give the boys a grade for their weekend efforts in Spain, what would it be? It's hard because the, the games we won, we were phenomenal. Um, and the games we lost just came down to problem solving. Um, so I suppose on the whole, with the group travelling for the first time, um, I'd probably give us a seven. Pretty good. Pretty solid. Some happy faces here. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, just for you, uh, well, for us, for us and everyone, so good to see Guernsey back playing international cricket again. What was it like for you, though, having made such a big contribution in your last stint here um, to be back on the boundary, kind of um, leading the side? Well, I mean, it's super exciting. And as I've always said, you know, Guernsey were the first ones to give me an opportunity once I finished playing to coach. So I always feel indebted. Um, and certainly it's not any favours that's favoured to me too because I've, I've loved being back and um, you know nothing much has changed and uh, you know I think probably a few processes that are important to longevity of performance have fallen by the wayside a bit but just resetting a culture that we know works um, and just getting getting a few processes realigned but also um, being under no illusion that this this takes time you know we're not going to flick a switch and all of a sudden become world beaters. You know, we, we're looking at a process over a period of time and no one can put a, a number on how long it will take. But certainly it's been a fantastic start. You know, it has been a few years since you were last involved, um, you know, without embarrassing anyone. I mean, do you feel like we've progressed, stayed still, kind of um, fallen back slightly on where we were in terms of you know, competition like Norway, like Spain? Uh, look, I, I, don't, I don't know, because in associate cricket, things change so fast uh, you know a lot of those countries administrations change players change you know we're very fortunate that we we dig into a local pot you know when you're dealing with expats across other countries you know anything could happen people move you know you might have seven australians and they move back to melbourne you know you just don't know so you can't compare yourselves to other people 
but um, certainly, I mean, the, the first part we've got to be in order to improve is truthful and honest to ourselves. And certainly we've regressed. Um, but, you know, we because of the personnel we have um, and the people we have, you know, just throwing a few processes and putting a few things into place again, I think we'll, we'll get back up to where we were very quickly. Um, but there's a commitment to that process too. So, you know, I'm very positive, um, and that's why I gave us a 7 out of 10 over the weekend, because it's more than just about playing cricket. It's how we can sustain success over a period of time. Hi, Nick. Um, it's uh, like you said, for the two losses in Spain, it was, you called it largely down to just problem solving. Um, in sort of T20 cricket, with it being such a short format, I mean, how easy is it to sort of, as a coach, to get across to the team how, how to sort of adapt to situations quickly enough so that they don't lose those matches? Um, I mean, again, we're talking about winning and losing. We don't talk about winning and losing. Um, we talk about making sure we hit our KPIs, and if the opposition play better than us on a better than us on a day, um, we don't we don't take that as a negative. We want to just play to the best of our ability and hit our KPIs per game. And if we do that, we'll win more often than not. But what, what I did say to the guys while we were away, at the moment we're the best second putters in the business. Um, you, you know, the once we've played an opposition and we go away, our long-term problem solving is very very good. And then we have skills and we have an ability to be able to execute on the solutions we come up with. So that's that's a positive. Um, what we didn't do very well is in-game, in real time, problem solve well enough. And that also comes down to the fact that we haven't played any competitive cricket for, for a span of two years. You know, there, there isn't a, a level of acknowledgement that we've got to allow as well. Um, but all we did was observe and state a fact that doesn't mean that that is our DNA. It just means that on this tournament, during this tournament, we we fell down in those two games where we lost based on short-term problem solving. Now, we know that the best players in the world make the best decisions. So how we go about addressing that, we've come up with a few solutions. And um, certainly, uh, we're not going to discuss it over a podcast where everyone else can listen to it. <laughs> Opposition that we know around the world will listen to these kind of things. So, uh, with that in mind, I mean, how would you um, uh, assess our scenario now with Jersey literally just around the corner? I mean, were you confident of the of success in that tri series coming up? Again, we we don't see Jersey um, as you know. I think once once again around the, the pressure. And I certainly, having been on the island, understand the competition between the two islands. But our first port of call is to climb the rankings in world cricket. Now, there, there is a, a market difference between us and Jersey at the moment. So, you know, those games for us at the moment, yes, we'll be competitive. Yes, we're going to try and win them. Yes, all those types of things that the sort of older generation have been used to when there was no international cricket and all they did was play against Jersey and your year hinged on how you played against Jersey. Now, culturally and historically, we understand the importance trying to get you at what's important to us at the moment is a tournament in Finland. Now, that's the most important tournament. So these three games for us, again, is just going to challenge us to problem solve again in real time. Where it's going to be a little bit different to Spain is that the opposition's going to be better, but they're more well-known to us. So, again, it's, it's a different scenario altogether. But everyone's obviously super excited about the prospect of playing Jersey again, especially in, in a three-match series. Um, and... We'll address how we go about those games uh, closer to the time. 
And obviously there were a few new faces um, in the Guernsey squad that went to Spain that, that you know you won't have seen too much of. There were a few old heads that you will have uh, spent a good amount of time with. Just, I mean, how good was it just to be back around some of those guys and, um, and enjoying a, a trip again? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it is. It was the enjoyment of being around Guernsey cricket again. Um, and that, that certainly was a box ticked. You know, it was great fun over the weekend. You know, they're a fantastic bunch of guys, and that certainly is a strength amongst the group that they get on very, very well. Um, so, yeah, it's the new guys, and, you know, it's the, it's the future that's the most exciting. You know, having, you know, being able to play Dick Martel um, and watch his progress, you know, being able to, to watch guys like Luke Bichard, who were babies, really, when I was across the last time, and watch them perform in those situations. You know, with Tom Nightingale, how he's, grown and becomes an important member of that team. You know, the old heads, you know what you're going to get. You know, it's you, you, you sort of build your team around those guys, but certainly the younger guys, you know, it's very exciting where we're at. And by all accounts, we have a very strong in the 19 group, thanks to Lee and Ben and the work that they've done there. And we know the strength of, of Guernsey cricket is in its youth. You know, that's where longevity is. And by the nature of amateur cricket, you have careers that are a lot shorter because people have lives outside of cricket. So it is very important that our, our younger group come through and they're a strong group. Yeah, great stuff. And just finally, Skeg, um, I, I know you've, you've sort of been brought back as a sort of consultant coach, if you like. I mean, how much are we going to see of you on Ireland this summer? Will you be over for the, the Jersey matches? Yeah, certainly be over for the Jersey matches. I'll be over for the Under-19 World Cup because I want to observe some of those kids down the bottom. That's very important as well. Um, look, the capacity I'm in now is available as often as possible. Um, whatever title gets given to that, I don't really mind. Um, but, you know, I'm firmly embedded. I always will be embedded in Guernsey cricket. So the more I can get over, the, the better. Um, the more contact time I can have, um, even better. So there's an exciting summer ahead. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, great stuff. We'll look forward to seeing you uh, here on the island very soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Tony. Yeah, Nick Pothas uh, speaking to us there. Um, chaps, I mean, from your perspective, how good is it to have him back involved? Um, for me, obviously, he was sort of the guy that probably changed my career, if, if that makes sense. Um, he's, he was fantastic as, as a coach back when he came in, um, sort of around about, what would that have been, about 2015. Um, and it, yeah, I think it just offers so much. Uh, you'll struggle to go into a net session and not feel motivated, as well as sort of slightly pressured in a way that, he is watching everything. Um, I think it, his first net session a couple of years back, he came to do a, a, a guest talk on a dinner. Uh, and it, yeah, he, he sort of just asked me, what have I been doing for the last three years? Because it doesn't look like I've been playing cricket. <laughs> uh, so um, yeah, with, with that sort of pressure, I was like, oh, maybe he's right. And then I had been playing, uh, just not very well. Um, but yeah, so, so Josh, unfortunately, didn't, didn't see much of Skeg when he was last over. He, he's, he didn't get painted as one of the younger younger players, but uh, Josh is still very young. Um, so yeah, I, I was fortunate to have him the first time round, so I think it's amazing he's back involved. Yeah, for me, obviously, probably being a batter and captain, it, you can lean on him in two aspects, if you like. The way he sees the game, his experience. I, I know when he was here the first time, he was pretty intense. I think this time round, he's a lot calmer. Um, you know, sees it from our angle in terms of we are associate nations, we know we're not professionals, but... Um, to lean on his experience, the way he sees the game has, has been really beneficial so far. 
Yeah, great. Well, we'll look forward to seeing um, how that role evolves over the course of the summer. Um, let's turn our attention uh, now to the women's game, because like the men, um, the Island squad will renew their inter-island rivalry this summer with a three-match T20i series over in Jersey. And there's plenty going on off the field too. Uh, Hannah Eulenkamp has just started as Guernsey Cricket's full-time women and girls development officer. When I say just started, I think she's been doing it for about two weeks. Um, I caught up with her uh, to find out just what she hopes to achieve in that role and why her own cricket journey is a big motivator for her uh, well basically it will be looking at getting participation up uh, in relation to girls and women as well um, and hopefully that will bring us a little bit more funding and the opportunities then to go away to the UK and abroad to play cricket Tell us about your own background with the sport. Well, I started playing at primary school. Uh, with, I was at Hooker Pals. I was uh, with um, Jason Shambrook. And uh, I played at school quick cricket kind of game, really. And then I stopped playing because football was actually my sport. But when I got to about 13, one of the teachers at school asked me if I fancied playing a game. And I got involved that way, really. So from about the age of 13, I've been playing hardball cricket. In terms of your journey to get to this position, um, is it something you'd sort of considered before? I mean, what's, what's your background in terms of sort of work-wise? Yeah, so when I left school at 18, I actually worked for the cricket board for three years and did all sorts of things, really. We didn't really focus an awful lot on women and girls at that point. Um, we just focused on participation as a whole. And um, then I went off to university and did a sports degree. Uh, came home and I've actually been working in the police for the last seven years um, and just decided actually it was something that I really wanted to come back to and it's something that I'm passionate about and so here I am. Yeah, a bit of a change of pace then. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> well, having said that, it's pretty. it's been pretty busy this week so um, obviously the guys have gone off to Spain so I've been uh, left doing the schools and some of the age group coaching. So Yeah, fantastic. And what is it about the sport of cricket that kind of has... I suppose, hooked you in and, and kind of got you back um, doing it as a sort of full-time job? Um, to me, I just really enjoy uh, teaching others to play and getting as many people involved as possible. Um, for me, it's not necessarily just about playing. It's about the game itself. And there's so many different aspects of the game that people can get involved with, whether it's scoring, umpiring, coaching. There's so many different things that you can do. Um, and it's, it's something that there's a role to play for everyone in the team. And I think that's really important in sport. Or it's, it's, it's a team. It's a team sport, and um, everyone has kind of a, a role with, within that team. Um, and yeah, I just I just really I enjoy playing it. I had time away from it, and I'm ready to to come back to the game. What's the sort of lay of the land in terms of women and girls cricket in the island? Because um, I know that there's been a bit more of a focus in, in recent years and the sort of squads kind of come back together. Um, there was that first T20 international that, that Guernsey played against Jersey a couple of years ago. So there's a, there's a real good opportunity to, to kind of build on, I'm sure. But yeah, how, how do sort of things sit at the moment? Uh, well, we are planning on playing Jersey in June uh, in Jersey. So that will be another... T20 international um, where what's exciting now about the women's game is that um, because we're part of the International Cricket Council we actually have a ranking an international ranking and that is against England that's against um, Ireland Scotland all of these different places Austria all, all around the world and we've got a chance to have our name on that on that board and that's what's really exciting is that we can be we can take as many wickets as 
you know anyone that's playing England or, or wherever and that's that's the exciting part so we have an opportunity to start playing against other countries now that we have that ranking and um, hopefully in the next couple of years now that sort of Covid is starting to to pass by we, we can get away again and start really playing against other countries um, but Jersey's the first one this year um, in a couple of months time. And is that international opportunity is that something that you find will motivate the very youngest as well to get involved? I hope so um, because it's a little bit difficult we don't like have a county structure or anything like that um, it's difficult to have that that end point like why are we playing oh actually it's because I've got the opportunity to go and play in other in other countries against other countries so um it, it's one of those things I think that will lure people in and and get get the girls excited about playing yeah and what do you see as the sort of biggest challenges that, that you're kind of you'll face going into this role Cricket is predominantly a, a boys' sport, or definitely seen that way. Um, I think the ties are changing a little bit with how it's presented in the media and, and that sort of thing. So hopefully girls won't see it as, a, as a, a barrier that, oh, it's a boys' sport, I don't want to play a boys' sport, and they'll just see it for what it is, and it's it's a, a sport and anyone can play it. Um, so that was sort of one of the things, but I think it's just, yeah, just changing that perspective of what, what the game is and what it's about and who can play it and in terms of the sort of performance side of things um have we got some some good talent in the ranks and uh, good youngsters coming through yeah definitely so we have girls training at the moment on a tuesday evening um before the ladies train so it's quite nice for them to be able to see us um or the, the ladies arriving and and they can kind of see a little bit the start of our session so they can see that transition um but we have uh, a few youngsters um at the moment that are looking really promising and they just they're really keen they're really enthusiastic they they have lots of fun um and they're improving every week um and we've got a couple of older kind of girls that are coming in and playing with the women as well and they again are working really hard and hopefully we'll see about getting them perhaps away to the UK or, or somewhere else to play some cricket, some good cricket. Sort of Guernsey cricket as a whole, is it? Is there a lot of support there kind of within the structure for the women and girls side of things to, to kind of, yeah, to fuel that growth, I guess? Yeah, definitely. I think, I think again, it, as time has gone on, um, the way people have viewed women's cricket has changed and actually like with our women's side we're very much treated the same as the men we get the same coaching time we get the same um, level of coaching we get the same opportunities now and they're really pushing for that and I think that's that's really exciting um, and I'm, I'm really pleased that we've we've got to this point now that we do have these opportunities available to us um, so yeah I think I think it's great. Is that different from when you were involved previously yeah very different although they the thing is is I was kind of the only girl playing at, at the time and so um it, it was difficult for them really to to kind of figure out what, what to do with me in all <laughs> honesty but um I, I did get opportunities to play away and I and I, I did play counter cricket when I was younger and and that was that was a really great experience for me um and that's something hopefully we can we can encourage uh, going going forward um but yeah <laughs> was it frustrating at the time or, or did you just was it just kind of how it was and you you sort of rolled with it yeah it, it was frustrating because I was super keen and I really wanted to play and I knew that I had you know the talent to play and I could play um and I felt that 
uh, not held back, but I just I didn't quite have the same opportunities. Um, and I'm sort of quite passionate about being able to provide those now um, to other people and to other girls that are coming through that really want those opportunities. We've, we've lost players before now because they've had op- opportunities elsewhere, perhaps in other sports. And I think that's a real shame. And, and hopefully now that we've got me on board um and with the experiences that i had i can you know put in opportunities and and experiences for for the girls um and hopefully it'll be a little bit different to when i was that age <laughs> yeah that's awesome and, uh, and just finally you mentioned jersey obviously that's going to be a real focus for the summer i guess and a real focal point um they've, they're putting a lot of investment into women's cricket as well how, how important is it that that the two islands kind of work quite closely on this front is there a lot of um benefit that can come from that yeah i think so i mean there is obviously the uh sort of healthy rivalry between us and jersey um but i think they got it right they've really focused on their junior sort of development and and actually we've we've played their their junior side really for the last few years but of course we've had two years off they're going to be two years older and I think they're going to really give us some competition so um definitely learning from from what they've done and and when I've come in I've looked at the girls and sort of the the teenage girls the older girls that we've got and and trying to structure a bit of a a development pathway um with with what we have probably not too dissimilar to what Jersey did so they may be a couple of years ahead of us now. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Definitely. And in terms of, like, you know, the potential for this sport kind of locally, I guess there's a real opportunity for Guernsey and Jersey to, to make an impact, as you say, on those kind of international rankings. You know, is it realistic to think we could produce as well... Um, you know, women who could go on to to yeah to play at the sort of top levels in England. Yeah, I think so, definitely, definitely. And um, we have a couple of young girls at the moment that I I I think could compete for sure on on the county stage. Um, but we do, we just got to get in, into that. And and uh, yeah, for sure, I I think that there are, we've got some decent talent here. Yeah, awesome. Well, exciting summer ahead. Best of luck with the role. <laughs> we'll catch up with you, I'm sure, soon. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Hannah Eulenkamp there, Guernsey's new women and girls development officer. Best of luck to her, of course, in that new role. Um, ben, obviously, you've been uh, heavily involved in the last couple of years on the development side of things. How good is it to have Hannah in full time? Yeah, definitely. Um, we've we've been sort of trying to grow that side of the game massively. Uh, there's only so much that sort of myself, Lee and Deck can, can do before we're getting too stretched. So bringing Hannah in is, is amazing for us. Um, we've been at Ladies College for the last couple of months, sort of seeing 24 girls in a lunchtime club. Uh, and now we're sort of reaping the benefits of that. They're coming along to, to sessions as well. So to have Hannah there you know, is, is amazing. She brings a load of experience. She's played the game at, at various levels as well, um, which which is going to be massive for us to sort of lean on that experience. Uh, she was obviously with the GCB probably sort of 10, 15 years ago uh, and has now returned um, following other careers, um, which which is great for us, yeah. Yeah, former police uh, officer, so I'm sure going to keep you guys in order. Well drilled. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's just finish with a bit of chat on domestic stuff, shall we? A, bit, a slight Kobo bias to this panel, uh, <laughs> as we said. Oh, I'm, I'm very much a neutral nowadays. <laughs> I've long since retired. Well, um, yeah, <laughs> club man through and through. Um, Evening League One gets underway, of course, uh, in a couple of weeks' time. In fact, on Monday the 16th, just ahead of those interinces. So a busy week, that one. We've already seen a bit of 100-ball action as well. 
We saw Griffins going down to, to Spain um, earlier in the year, um, a real Spanish influence uh, this year, or certainly for the start of the year, as far as Guernsey cricket's concerned, to play in that European cricket a sort of Champions League. How big a motivator is that as a sort of carrot going into to this season's sort of Rosal Shield? Uh, probably, for, yeah, for, for the whole league, it probably is a carrot. Um, you know, the feedback from Griffins was a great time. It looked like a well-organised tournament, uh, which is great, and it gives the lads a chance to get off island who might not get off island with a senior team. So that aspect looks really, really good. Um, yeah, I mean, for us at Cobo, it's a bit of a tricky one because we were meant to go the year before, but it obviously got cancelled due to COVID. Uh, we're in a funny place, really, at Cobo. You know, we always sort of joked and said if we won the league, we probably wouldn't be able to send this team to Spain because... You know, what, five kids at school who will be doing their A-levels. Um, Jamie's got three kids. Ravo's got three kids. You know, so we'd have to cross that bridge when we get to it. But no, definitely for, for local cricket, it's, it's pretty exciting to be able to go play a European uh, tournament. I might get a call-up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, as far as the uh, Evening League One is shaping up, uh, Furby, obviously there was a bit of a change last year um, in terms of the number of sides and some new faces in there, regulars, optees as well. Um, do you feel like it's going to be as strong a competition as it was uh, last year, this year? Yeah, definitely. I, I think uh, Indies and, and are by far sort of bolstered with the vast majority of, of the Guernsey players at the moment uh, and some and some very good ones around the Guernsey system. Um, you can't ever look past Griffins. They, they've got a way of fighting on the pitch. They, you know, they they fight for their wins. They've just got a, a way of winning games. I think last year, sort of as Kobo, uh, and even from the OE's point of view, we, we had them on the ropes a couple of times and just couldn't turn it around. Um, so for, for Evenly, they seem to just have a knack of winning. Um, and then obviously ourselves, we're sort of in a bit of a transition stage at the moment. Like Josh said, sort of five or six juniors, very promising juniors coming through. Um, got sort of three or four of us who are... 30 plus, shall I say? I think that's being generous. Creaking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then you've got sort of a couple like late 20s as well, which, you know, we're, we're sort of in a bit of that transition which clubs go through. Um, but we understand that. You, you know, I don't think we expect to win the league. Um, we'd like to think we're challenged for it. Um, but yeah, and then you've got the guy, the other teams as well. Eregs have obviously signed Stu, um, Leprevo from, from us, uh, which I think is a great move for Guernsey Cricket. He wasn't really doing much for us. Uh, he felt sort of guilty when he was taking positions of, of the juniors coming through. Um, and actually he's going to go in back three there, help him on the pitch as well, um, utilising his captaincy skills. Uh, he's not actually captaining, but he can, you know, Martin Dale Bradley is, but Martin can lean on him. It's a great sort of mentor. Uh, and then with, with Rovers and Opties, Opties are heavily packed with a lot of the college first 11 boys. Um, and, then, and then Opties have got Lucas Barker, GH, a couple of the um, college first 11 boys again. Uh, they can cause upsets. We saw it last year. I think Opties got to the, they got to the final, obviously, of the 100 ball challenge. Um, which by beating Indies as well. Um, so every team can sort of beat everyone. It's a really good position to be in. Um, I'd like to think we're in a quite a strong position with numbers in the game and also quality. There's a, there's a couple of sort of under-15s coming through at the moment who have just played first division who who are looking particularly strong. And Josh, in your other role as KG5 groundsman, how's, how's the wicket looking? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's uh, Obviously, we've had quite a nice break from football going into cricket. Um, you know, groundsman's never happy we could have done with a bit more <laughs> rain probably, but... Um, but no, it's exciting. It's you know me being a cricketer, I much prefer it, seeing it as a cricket field than a football field. Um, so yeah, sun's out, ready for a long summer, and look, looking forward to it. Plenty of runs in there. Hopefully, yeah. It's it's sort of a funny one, really. I mean, obviously playing on you can't beat playing on grass. I think you know for a couple of years we've played even league on grass uh, for different lengths of time throughout the summer. Playing evenly at one ground on grass is too much. Um, I know some people say you know it doesn't really matter what the wicket's doing; they just rather play on grass, but. 
you know, if, you, if you're playing, if you're playing on grass five, six, seven days a week, you ask anyone who's a groundsman, it's, it is too much. Um, and we sort of saw the results the, the first year we went back to even league on the Astro. You know, the um, the weekend league uh, scores were, you know, two fifty plus pretty much every week. So that the wickets do seem to play better when there's less usage, as you as you'd expect. Um, so yeah, weekend league and GCA Cup, as well as obviously our Jersey games as well. The wickets should play pretty well. Yeah, great stuff. Exciting um, summer ahead, and it's uh, going to kind of go into overdrive pretty quickly with uh, with Jersey coming in. And the domestic stuff getting going uh, over the next couple of weeks. Um, as ever, the best place to follow it all will be in the pages of the Guernsey Press, six days a week, plenty of cricket coverage um, throughout the summer. We'll also be doing lots of video stuff too, so uh, make sure you're following us on social media at GSY Press Sport. Uh, it's the place to go on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And we'll be, uh, yeah, we might come back with a couple more podcasts as the season um, goes on. Chaps, thanks very much, Josh, Ben, Gareth. Cheers. We'll see you soon. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers.